welcome to episode 186 of the Nurse Travaganza podcast, where our entire collection is cherry and everything smells of mint. I'm Tom. I'm Chris. And I'm Cam. And in this week's episode, we'll be discussing mint condition and all that goes into keeping collectibles in such a state to include sanity. But first, I'll remind our listeners that they can break the seal on a near-mint copy of this show every week by checking us out on iTunes. We'll grant you favorably if you do the same for us by way of comments and stars. And now, on to the show, where our first stop, as always, is the Weekly Geekly Geek Weekly Update. Chris, why don't you kick the door in or break the seal or open the packaging on this week's round of updates? You know what? I smell that new book smell. Hmm... So for me, holiday shopping counts as a Geekly Weekly action because most of the time it's geeky stuff I'm buying for my family because we're a family of geeks. In addition to that, I really needed you guys to come in and do an intervention for me this week. Uh I I didn't really realize that that trying to watch 26 hours of of binging streaming material was almost like a part-time job. It It was just a little bit much I had to pull back. I haven't really finished those shows I'm watching yet. But I did squeeze in watching the new Flash slash Arrow crossover where they introduced the new Hawk Girl for the upcoming series Legends of Tomorrow. In this one, she has a, a mystic origin, what I'm not really a fan of. I'm more of a fan of the version where she is a space cop or a spy from an alien race as compared to She's a reincarnated soul from Egypt or something like that. I also caught up with my favorite new show, Adam Ruins Everything. This guy comes in and he kind of basically does the old, that's bullshit from Penn and Teller. Takes, you know, what you assume to be well-known things and kind of spins them on their head with facts and figures. Like how engagement diamonds are just a complete sham. (laughs) Yes. Or how a lot of dog breeds genetically speaking, are worthless compared to their dollar value as an investment. So if you can have a moment to check it out, it's on YouTube. It's also on True TV and probably the only thing I would ever watch on True TV because True TV is a reality TV channel. That's what Court TV became, right? True TV? I believe so. Yeah. What's the name again? Adam Ruins Everything. And every episode is a different subject. So it's Adam Ruins Elections, Adam Ruins Hygiene. Adam ruins cars. Cool. And they make you, he definitely makes you think out of the side of the box. I'll spoil it for you a little bit. About five minutes to the end of the show, he'll say, wait a minute, wait a minute. Everything I told you is horrible and you've been lied to and you've been tricked, but there's a good thing to come out of all of this or a action or something you can do to correct all this. And this is what you can do. So there's a nice little happy ending to it. I basically started my Geeky Week by meeting up with my buddy, Tony, as we had mentioned in our Thanksgiving podcast. I'd given thanks to him because he's been a longtime geeky friend of mine. He just got out of the hospital for cancer. The good news is he's cleared. He's good. All he has to go in for is checkups now. That's awesome. Yes. Awesome. But he and my son and I played Gollum Arcana, which is a weird wargaming tablet hybrid. Basically the app on the hybrid keeps track of all the stuff you do if you were playing a war game. So you click on the map, you click on the fig, you click on your target, 
and the app shows you your percentage to hit and what it's going to cost you to move things around the board and keep track of like continuing damage and stuff. Playing it more than twice, I see there's some added depth that you don't really get a first impression from. And it's cool, but I still think of it as more first adopter technology. But I'm going to play it a couple more times. We'll see how it goes. You think it's on the vanguard of maybe a new trend in gaming, or you think it's maybe just a, a flash in the pan? I definitely think it's ahead of its time, but so was the Palm Pilot, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> you know, how it works is there's a tiny micro lens on one end of the stylus, and everything that you're touching to tell the tablet what you're doing has a print on it that is a tiny like QSR code that you can't even see. It's just printed as a pattern. And there's some challenges to it. Like you just can't throw down some boards and play. You have to go to the app first, find or create a scenario. So you know where to put what maps and the map. Each tile has to be like individually labeled. And in a specific, you know, you have to like say what order they're in. So the app can track what's going on. It assumes that it knows what's going on. It's still, sometimes it's kind of like, why do even I bother having the figs on the board? I could just play this as like a game. As with the app by itself. But, uh, well, the one thing, of course, there's a lack of AI, but, you know, I still enjoyed myself. At times, it still feels a little light compared to, like, the war games I usually play. And I would still like to see all of the rules so I could play it without the app, just so if I have that depth of knowledge, I can probably see strategies and things that wouldn't occur to me because I'm just poking at things and seeing what my percentage is of, like, you know, hitting somebody. And that finishes up my geeky week. Cool. Yeah. I will just say in review that I really thought that game was awesome, but yeah, I'm not quite sure um, if, if the tech aspect doesn't seem bolted on a little. In other words, mechanically, the game could be played without the stylus and the tablet, couldn't it? I mean, if you tweaked it a little bit, you could. There's a, a little card you can use where you can physically roll dice and input the numbers if you want, if you don't want the computer to do it for you. In fact, that's what my son does. He claims that the randomization of the app does not favor him. So he always likes to roll his dice. And Tony and I are kind of like, dude, you're like wasting like an extra minute. Just, just click the button and go. But he wants <laughs> to roll the dice and input the numbers because he's like, no, it never works for me. And I'm like, really? You're being, you have bad dice inside a virtual game? Really? Uh, from their website, they're, sell they're selling and creating more units and figs. So evidently there's a market for it still. It hasn't died off. may not be big in our area, but it might be big somewhere else. That's kind of the problem you have with lots of different games is your local meta may be vastly different than what's across the country. You know, somewhere out there, somebody thinks Napoleonics is the biggest thing in the world and everybody he's playing with is into it. But then, you know, he steps out of like his 20 mile zone and it's like 40K. If only there were a worldwide communication network to bring us in touch with distant communities. Indeed, indeed. Awesome, man. Thanks for the update. Well, Cam, over to you, man. Same thing, you know, a lot of holiday shopping. Um, I'm like, my house is just full and f just full of boxes because I took advantage. I, I didn't go really anywhere on, you know, Black Friday or anything like that or uh, but uh, I ordered a bunch of stuff and that stuff has already started to arrive um, this week. Plus on top of that, the day after Thanksgiving on Friday, which I, I have to say, I'm very like, 
I am extremely impressed with FedEx. Uh, I shipped seven boxes of about a hundred board games, about 500 pounds worth uh, on Monday, Monday afternoon of, of on, a, on a Monday. And it was Thanksgiving week. So it went out on Monday and I got all of them intact, perfectly fine, no damage, no issues, not even jostled that much uh, on the Black Friday, basically, which is pretty impressive because, you know, I feel like if I would have done it through the USPS or, you know, even UPS, like I would have been waiting for weeks, but uh, they, they got it there. Everything was great. But now I have seven huge boxes in my living room along with all the boxes that have been showing up from Amazon and all the other places that I've been ordering my Christmas stuff from. So I've been sort of organizing that. Um, Coupled with that, I've been organizing my upstairs loft, which will soon be our board game movie review, you know, anything that we need to do for the nerd stravaganza video uh, content library. So I've already sort of ordered all the shelving. I've ordered the tables. I've, I've got everything ready to go. It's just going to matter now of putting everything together and uh, moving out the thousand plus board games I have up there, putting everything together, getting it all ready, and then putting all the board games and everything back. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, you know, setting up the lights and the camera and all that stuff. Uh, so that hopefully will be done while I'm sort of, you know, in my holiday mode. Let's see. I went and saw Hunger Games. Uh, I thought it was great, actually. Um, first movie I've seen in a while that I thought was actually really good. I, I wasn't. I was lukewarm on the first uh, the first part of the ending, but the uh, this one I thought was was pretty good. Uh, went and saw it with uh, with my uh, brother and my mom and my companion. Uh, wait, we're not supposed to say companion anymore, are we, Tom? I think, <laughs> didn't, didn't we? Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm trying. Yes, my uh, I guess my girlfriend Suzanne. Uh, we went and saw that together, so that was nice. Uh, l- nice little sort of holiday tradition with my family going to see a movie, uh, either on Thanksgiving or or Black Friday while everyone else is out doing crazy stuff in the malls. Um, and uh, yeah, just uh, did some gaming uh Sunday night at the at Landlubbers uh, Adventure Game Store sponsored game night on Sunday, played some games, played, played a couple of the games that I got from BGG con. Um, that was fun. And, uh, really that's it. Uh, just gearing up for the holiday season. It's just, it's just so much to do. I, I ordered a bunch of, uh, Christmas lights and all kinds of stuff. So I'm going to be, uh, like, um, uh, Clark Griswold putting up all the lights on my house pretty soon <laughs> this week. Um, and, uh, yeah, ordered, uh, Oh, it's funny. Actually, I ordered tickets, um, for this week, uh, on this coming Sunday, speaking of Clark Griswold, uh, uh at the movie co movie theater, right by my house, they're going to be showing Christmas vacation on the big screen. Uh, so I'm going to maybe go check that out. And then, uh, next Sunday they're going to be showing, um, it's a wonderful life. The Jimmy Stewart old school you oh, know, nice. movie yeah. in the theater. So I'm definitely going to check that out. Um, yeah. And that's, uh, that's been my week just, you know, counting down the days to star Wars basically. <laughs> nice. Uh, it's a pretty full week and yeah, star Wars who isn't excited. Yeah. Brings it around to me. Uh, also some black Friday goings on to our listeners around the world, not familiar with American holidays and traditions necessarily. 
Black Friday is the huge retail day after the American holiday of Thanksgiving. And it's called Black Friday because that's when your, what is it, your ledger, your balance sheet, whatever, goes from being in the red to being in the black, meaning you've made a profit for that year. And that is because it's like the biggest shopping day of the year. Uh, all the stores have big sales on and people go out in droves to shopping malls and shopping centers and what have you. And it is a lot of money changes hands on that day. And smart people avoid shopping in crowded malls and stores at all costs unless they can find some real deals. Yep. Sadly, there have been instances of trampolings and as people try to get cut rate merchandise, they become like uh, basically like frenzied pack animals <laughs> to get that cheap piece of electronics or whatever. And uh, anyway, Black Friday, I'm glad all the retailers are now profitable this year. And Cam, your business acumen being superior to mine, did I did I describe correctly the reason why it's called Black Friday? Yes, it's the day that they supposedly make it into the black. Okay. All right. So, yeah, Black Friday. I took advantage of some online Black Friday sales. I bought myself a new receiver, a new stereo receiver for my living room. It has HDMI ports so that I can now hook up all my modern consoles and everything. Nice. And yeah, yeah, thanks. It's It kicks ass. I got my Xbox One hooked up and was playing some Battlefront and it was super loud and super intense and maybe no better at playing the game, but at least I, <laughs> I enjoyed dying a little bit more. The sensory experience was better. Yeah, definitely. Least. It boasts all sorts of streaming access to. I think I can, any of the big music streaming services, I can pretty much play through this thing too. I haven't played with that feature yet, but We'll find out. And as well, the Apple AirPlay, I guess. So I could stream from my Apple devices, those being my laptops. So a neat gadget. Pretty excited about that. Um, also, I didn't mention what I did on Black Friday, though. I went up with a friend of mine to Epcot, the theme park in nearby Orlando, Florida, uh, part of the Disney World Resort. And uh, had a wonderful time there. And then my companion, who I guess I will now call my girlfriend came up <laughs> came up with me the next day and we went to the magic kingdom where we enjoy the uh, bicky's very merry christmas celebration where uh i regret to say the war on christmas is alive and well um, really during the uh festivities as i went around to the hot cocoa and cookie stations and during various shows that were going on i heard utterances of happy holidays oh um yeah trying to try to you know basically water down christmas with wishes of happy holidays and then the, the ultimate insult at the end of the night when we're in front of the castle and goofy and mickey and the whole gang is singing and dancing as they're leaving the stage they're saying their fare farewells with such insulting holiday wishes as Happy Hanukkah, happy holidays, Ooh. happy Kwanzaa. Needless to say, I was beside myself and I am going to be wearing my holly pattern camo this year and fighting <laughs> fighting the war for Christmas because I'm tired of these people who have other traditions warring on my holiday, man. Muscling in, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's on. <laughs> No, it's pretty cool. If you're into Disney, it's it's a really neat thing. They put they pump fake snow all around, and it was kind of a nice, cool night being uh, December, end of November in Central Florida. It was very pleasant. So if you're into if you're into that sort of thing, I'd say check it out. That's not an that's not an extra ticket event like the scary uh, Mickey's not so scary Halloween. Right? It is. It, you, 
Oh, it is an extra ticket event. Yeah, it's an extra ticket event, um, which means the park's a little more empty, and that's kind of nice. But yeah, you yeah, you are paying on top of your admission uh, ticket. So wow, okay. Anyway, to round out my update, I also did. I think I mentioned last week, guys, didn't I, that I got the Disney Infinity starter set. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So I got that at, at Best Buy with the Gamers Club unlocked and got all these savings. And then I went online and I ordered my first two additional figures, which were Tron figures. Uh, I saved a ton of money there because they were having a sale on them. And then I applied that Best Buy Gamers Club unlocked discount and I got them for a song. So I'm really getting sold on this whole Best Buy Gamers Club thing. Uh, it pays for itself after you buy a couple things. Oh, and finally... I took the plunge on that stupid Star Wars marathon. So uh, Chris and uh, our friend Lester, the cosplay photographer, will be taking my place on opening night with Brian because I will be with red bleary eyes watching The Force Awakens after basically going through a marathon, not basically, after going through a marathon of every Star Wars movie from episode one. (laughs) So... At three o'clock in the morning on the 17th, I start with episode one and I watch the movies all the way through episode seven. And uh, that sounds <laughs> sounds kind of like a nightmare, actually. So that means you should see The Force Awakens at the earliest at five o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, it'll be in the evening. Yeah, I think I think they said it ran 1100 minutes. So that's close to 20 hours of nonstop Star Wars. But, but, but I do get a pair of cool 3D glasses. I'm going to gun for the BB-8 version. Nice. So, um, should be good. But now, as far as I know, every one of us will be seeing The Force Awakens on opening day. So we will be able to jump in with an exciting post-Force Awakens uh, awakening episode. Assuming I'm still awake, which uh, I may or may not be. You can nod off during, you know. Yeah, I'm actually going to bring a pillow and sleep through, like, most of episode one, half of episode two, and about a third of episode three. So I should be. Is it reserved seating? I'm not sure. It better be. I'm not sitting at a corner seat for 20 hours. <laughs> Is it at least the recliner seats, the the leather ones? or? It's at a theater where even the coach seats are comfy, like leather seats. So I don't know if they're, it would be better if I was in those sweet recliners because then I could go to sleep. But uh, I'll make it work either way. It's one of the re- it's one of the theaters that has a restaurant in it and stuff. So nice. All right. Definitely go eat while like I'll probably just like seriously watch the lightsaber battles in episode one. It sucks. <laughs> so yeah, that's it. I will uh, report back. I, I have a feeling that I'm going to regret this <laughs> somehow. I have a bad feeling about this. You might say, but uh, maximum nerd cred, right? Twenty hours of Star Wars. Yeah, it's pretty good. Indeed. I would like to follow up this viewing with like an IMAX viewing and like a reclining seat viewing and all the gimmicks. So uh, yeah, episode seven, let's look forward to it. And let's see, (laughs) we've really burned a lot of time in our updates guys. So I think with that said, we should probably move very quickly on to news cam intrepid reporter. What kind of news you got for us? Oh, today's news extravaganza is going to be quick. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Samsung, uh, just filed a patent showing off a bendable, rollable smartphone. So look for that, uh, in mm. the very new f- near future. It looks pretty cool. I looked at the specs myself. Um, looks actually, uh, really cool. I mean, it looks like you're, you'll be able to fold it, bend it sort of, you know, whatever you need to do with your phone, which is pretty cool. Uh, BB eight phone. Yeah. Hipsters, uh, you can wear the tight of jeans as you want. 
<laughs> you won't have to worry about bending your phone. Uh, it'll conform to your, uh, your, your skinny jean curves. <laughs> Let's see. Stallone is bringing Rambo to TV. The show will be called Rambo New Blood. And will be based on his, uh, his Rambo franchise. So he's, uh, he's going to be involved uh, bringing it to the screen. Whether or not he will be involved uh, on screen is still uh, up in the air. But uh, I guess this guy, Jeb Stewart, uh, is writing the pilot. Um, he, he did Die Hard, Another 48 Hours, The Fugitive. So he's a pretty, uh, pretty accomplished guy. So uh, gives me a little bit of, uh, of hope that it might be sort of decent. Um, AT&T users. Uh, of which I am one. Um, good news. Uh, you are not going to be throttled until you use 22 gigabytes of data uh, if you have the unlimited plan, which is something that's sort of you know been known for a while now. The bad news is uh, your rate is going to go up by $5. What? So in the near future, your grandfathered unlimited data plan that has been $30 for as long as you've had it, will now be $35. I don't understand. Like, I sign up for a certain deal. Like, why are they right. allowed to just, like, change the terms of the deal? <laughs> I know. Well, first of all, it's that's the funny thing. Is not even, it's not even unlimited. And, oh, by the way, not only is it not unlimited, we're going to charge you more. You know, and their spin on it is, well, hey, other mobile carriers uh, have placed their grandfathered unlimited plan customers uh, into much worse positions by charging them. $15 more a month, uh, which was T-Mobile and Verizon, uh, raised theirs by $20. So they're like, well, Hey, we're only raising at five. So, you know, thank us and love us. But thanks for being less <laughs> shitty, I guess. Yeah. Bastards. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's see. Okay. Uh, I always like to throw a little, since we're sort of on the legal, legal side of things here, uh, a guy in the Czech Republic by the name of Jacob F, uh, was apparently pirating, windows and all kinds of microsoft movie you know all kinds of stuff you know media and 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 software and uh he got busted they took him to court he pled guilty uh he was given a three-year suspended sentence um but basically they made a deal with him all these different companies and said look we are going to uh you know basically we're going to agree to you know that that you're okay you don't have to go to jail and we're not going to sue you for all of the monetary uh, damages that you've caused us, but you have to make a anti-piracy video and it has to be seen by, it has to have over 200,000 views or you're going to get, but you basically that whole deal goes away. So this poor guy had to put together a piracy video and a website and all that stuff, an anti-piracy video and go on there. Or he basically is facing, you know, being sued into the stone age by all these big companies. Wow. Um, the good news is he's at 180,000 likes or views. So looks like he should get to the 200,000 to the 200,000 mark, especially with, you know, it, the story being in the news now. Yeah, exactly. He's going to, that's going to push him over the mark right there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's funny how they just, they just, picked on this one poor guy and was like, all right, you're, that's it. You're, you're the poster boy for anti-piracy in the Czech Republic. So sorry, Jacob. Sorry. You had to go through that. I'll view your video a couple times just to help you get there. Yeah, exactly. Back to black Friday. Well, let's talk about sort of cyber Monday. Um, you guys remember the old game Contra on Nintendo? 
Yep. Yep. Well, apparently Amazon has gotten a little retro geeky uh, with their uh, coupon codes. Um, I guess by uh, by using the up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right code, you can get 15% off several pre-orders and new releases, uh, new release video games. Nice. You just got to type in UUDDLRLR and that's a 15% off coupon code for Uncharted 4, Fallout 4, Call of Duty Black Ops 3, Star Wars Battlefront, Halo 5, Disney Infinity Star Wars, uh, an Xbox Live 12-month gold membership, an Xbox uh, Xbox One headset, and the Lego Dimensions Portal level pack. So you can get 15% off all of those items uh, just by using the old Contra code. Can you link that uh, in the show notes or in the of course. chat right now? I'm going to be doing yeah. that as we continue the episode. Of course. Absolutely sending it to you right now. Uh, sticking with the sort of shopping theme, PlayStation 4 has absolutely won Black Friday. They crushed, crushed, crushed Microsoft uh, and the Xbox One. Looks like, I guess, last year, it's funny though, last year, Black Friday, Xbox One um, sold more units. This year, though, PlayStation 4 just crushed them. Um, they sold over 250,000 units um, on Thanksgiving night and into Black Friday. So that is huge. I think Xbox One, PS4 sold over 250,000 units uh, on Thanksgiving Day and into Black Friday alone. And Xbox One sold significantly less than that. So PS4 continues its dominance over the Xbox One. One of the main reasons I switched from Xbox One to PS4. It's just a much better system, I think. And good for them. Nice. La- yeah. I mean, uh, I know we're all we're all PS4 guys, right? I mean, I know, Tom, you are. Both. Well, yeah. Actually, Tom, I know you are a Nintendo fanboy at heart. Yes. So <laughs> yes. that 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 is why I have this last story uh, picked out just for you. The Nintendo NX, which we've talked about before on the show, uh, which is expected to release in 2016, uh, just got confirmed that over 12 million units will be manufactured in the second quarter of next year. So we don't know exactly what it's going to be or exactly how it's going to work. But Nintendo has commissioned that uh, 12 million units be manufactured to be ready for the Christmas holiday in 2016. Well, probably the Black Friday, Black Friday sort of, you know, basically. That's the schedule. That's showing some optimism. Yep, 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 yep. Um, it, it is optimism, but they sort of have tempered their optimism because it looks like they had initially targeted to manufacture 20 million units. And they've scaled it back to 12 million. Maybe they're just uh, being cautious, you know? Yeah. I believe it's worldwide. Hmm. It's worldwide. I mean, well, just to put it into perspective, PS4 sold 4.2 million in its first two months of sale. And Nintendo is going to sell significantly less if trend continues, you know, with their previous sales. So 12 million worldwide, you know, that's... That's more than enough to get them through the holiday season and then into next, you know, into 2017, I would think. So Xbox One is expected to sell about 13 million units next year. PS4 is expected to sell about 18 million units. So if they sell all 12 million units, 
by the end of 2016 that i mean that's that's a coup for them if they do i will be buying mine day one if possible so <laughs> uh 11 million to go yeah got one one got one sold for sure so i think they can rejoice in that and that rounds out my news extravaganza guys all right awesome news extravaganza that flexible phone is going to really work well in my skinny jeans. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I mean that, that, that story just made me laugh when it came out, when the, when the new iPhones came out and all the hipsters were complaining, Oh, it's getting bent in my jeans. Like, come on guy. <laughs> don't, don't worry. Trend following uh, weirdos. As soon as the new flexible phone comes out like MC hammer pants will come back in style. And... Yeah. <laughs> There'll be no need for the flexible phone. Right. Right. <laughs> where my, where my skids. Oh my God. Skids. Yeah. We're skids, <laughs> were skids the one that came with the suspenders. I don't think so. They had the drawstring with the, Oh, you know... right. I remember people wearing like goofy, like clown suspenders at the time too. And you'd wear, <laughs> you'd wear one suspender over your shoulder. The other one would hang. Yeah. Yeah. No, those were, I, I thought those were like the, like the long johns, like the, you know what I mean? Like the, the Oshkosh Bagash. Yeah. Uh, they weren't, they weren't sus- like proper suspenders. They were actual like overalls. Yeah. Maybe that's something th- I'm thinking of like around the skids era. Cause weren't skids like this weird checkerboard pattern. Yeah. They had crazy checkerboard pattern and they had the little skid logo on the butt, the butt yeah. pocket. Yeah. yeah then- <laughs> I, I'm a, I remember overalls in that same absurd pattern. So. So yeah, I th- and I can't remember whether skids were before or after Z Cavaricci. After, I'm pretty sure. Well, after? shit. No, I, I don't remember. See, yeah, all, all that bad fashion blurs together now. <laughs> I remember my Z Cavaricci pants and my my uh, Capizio shoes. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Giorgio Brutini. Wow. <laughs> Hypercolor shirts. Oh, oh man. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Was Hypercolor the one where you would touch it and it would turn another color? Yeah, it would like be like pink and then turn purple or whatever. God. I mean, I remember thinking in the 90s that fashion from the 80s looked stupid until I look back on fashion from the 90s. And thought, <laughs> All could be bought a chess king at the mall. <laughs> I was a bugle boy man myself. But... Bugle boy was pretty cool. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, All of our listeners under like 40 are like, what the fuck are these guys saying? Yeah, what are these guys saying? Oh. Anyway, on to the show. <laughs> <laughs> on to the show. So, Chris. Yes. You kind of motivated this show. You were interested in discussing Mint Condition, which is a fair way to describe my collection of Z Cavarici, Bugle Boy, and Skids uh, attire <laughs> that I have in my closet, sealed and ready to go when the fashion pendulum swings back my way. <laughs> um, <laughs> that said, I think I will let you sort of motivate the discussion with where you wanted to go with regard to mint condition, obsessing over it, preserving things versus enjoying them, etc. Well, I was inspired by talking with some friends and just marveling at some of the times that we've looked at Kickstarters and people are just fawning over getting something first and getting it like in mint condition and then just keeping it. You know, and I've been just a little different. I've always been, you know, what's the point of putting on a shelf and look at it? Uh, I've never been the person to get into speculation or investment that way. I just, you know, put it down, play with it, open it, read it. So I wanted to like, you know, talk to you guys and get what your feelings and drift are on the whole 
mint in the box because it seems to be a very geeky thing to be obsessed with this, especially with all the nostalgia we're seeing thrown at us with Star Wars these days. I can offer an example ongoing for me right now, which is these Amiibo figures and now the Disney Infinity characters that I'm going to start collecting. I open them as soon as I get them. I put them on display and then I can pull them out when I want to use them for games because, you know, these actually have a purpose. But even non-functional like figures, I take them out of the packaging and I display them. I, I don't want to play that game. I just really don't buy for investment purposes. And keeping things in the package and not enjoying them just seems stupid. I mean, if I want to return on investment, I'll just like put some more money in a, into a mutual fund or something. And, you know, <laughs> it's not as exciting, but, uh, you know, you're more or less guaranteed a return over over the years. Uh, I don't really, I know there are some people who make a living at buying and selling collectibles, but uh, I don't have the time or inclination to be one of those people. My outlook on things can sort of be summed up by what my poor girlfriend said the first time she came to my house, uh, which is, this reminds me of the 40-year-old virgin. (laughs) 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 Oh man, she she saw my figs and my board games and all other ridiculous stuff that I have in my house. And she was like, I didn't know this really existed. And <laughs> <laughs> she stuck around. I uh, know. That's how amazing she is. I was like, yep, sorry. Now's your chance to run. The door is right there. If you'd uh... like to uh, you know, pull the rip cord, <laughs> go ahead. Uh, but no, um, but I, I'm insane. Like I, I know for sure that, you know, the stuff that I'm buying is not going to be worth anything in the future. I, I'm under no illusions that there will be any, you know, secondary market, you know, or, or, you know, retirement to be had from anything that I'm buying and keeping new and shrink or in box. Uh, but uh, I'm insane. And so I, <laughs> I typically will buy two copies of everything and put one on the shelf and use one. Uh, that way I get Chris, your, 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 you know, what you were saying about the, the fun of opening it up and playing with it. And, and then I also get the satisfaction of seeing it crispy and clean and, you know, shiny in the shrink, uh, sitting on one of my shelves, which as I alluded to in the beginning of the, of the, <laughs> of the, uh, show, uh, I am having to continue to, uh, buy more of shelving space being, and, uh, you know, dedicate more and more of my home to, uh, but Hey, you know, you, it's, it, you go with what you love, right? If you like it, you like it. I feel like there are worse hobbies and worse things to collect. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, so, that's debatable. Uh, I'll, I'll just say in response to that, Cam, I am taking this like no obsessive collecting thing on these new figures, but I have plenty of crap laying around totally sealed and never touched that I've had for a long time. So, Yeah. Well, the one thing I will say in my defense is that I am a very active trader of stuff. I don't, I don't like to sell. I mean, I will sell. I'm not saying I won't, uh, you know, if someone's willing to offer me enough money, I will sell. But um, I prefer to trade because it's like, okay, so here's something that I've had sitting on my shelf for a while. Um, or I, I even trade like the game, the ones that I do open. So like I'll I'll open something, I'll play it a while. And then it's like, well, it's not really hitting the table very much anymore. And then I'll trade it for something else that either is new and shrink that I can put on my shelf or something else that I've wanted to play for a while. And, uh, you know, so it sort of works. I think if you get an active enough community in that, it it sort of works out. 
Yeah, I could see that. Yep. And it, and it could have been worse, Cam. How's that? There's this movie called Free Enterprise, and it's one of the first movies that kind of treat geeks realistically versus just the basement dwelling stereotype. Mm-hmm. And uh, in one scene, this guy picks up a girl at the bar, and the next day she wakes up, she sees the shelves and shelves of action figures, <laughs> and she goes, oh, my God, I just screwed Peter Pan. <laughs> Oh no! No, it's yeah. She's she's not. She's very open minded. So that's I will say that for her. it's pretty amazing. She wasn't really into a lot of that stuff before we uh, you know got together. But she's she's very much uh, coming along. I'm grateful for that. But as far as the you know the trading, I, I was just gonna say you know there there are so many websites now. Like you know Board Game Geek being one of them. Specifically, I, I'm talking about board games where you know you that that's the good thing is that there, it's not just something like a fig where you put on the put on your mantle and that's it. It's sitting there forever. And there's really, you know, nothing else you can do except sell it, you know, down the road. Uh, the board games are good because there's so many people out there, especially over the last five, 10 years that have gotten into board games that you can sort of trade away your old games and get back new games. And, uh, that's, that's a really good secondary market for that kind of stuff. I'm just saying that to justify my insanity. (laughs) So you guys know, (laughs) well, I was thinking and, um, realizing that, I had forgotten way back in the day, I, I tried to be a collector and I don't know what happened, what the change was other than at some point, I just realized I was just having a ton of stuff in my house that I wasn't really looking at. And it was just taking up space and I valued the fun I had with the things I kept using and playing with and getting rid of the stuff that was just soaking up my space. And I think that's where I switched from trying to be the collector who liked the mint in the box. And that was comic books back in the day because I used to collect older avant-garde. I guess people would say hipster back in the day. I did the Swamp Thing. I did Sandman. I did all the Vertigo titles. I wasn't really a spandex type of guy when I was reading comic books back then in the 90s. I was dark. I was misunderstood. (laughs) Yeah, but at some point I was like, eh, I mean – Nowadays, that number one Sandman, I'm sure I could have like paid some rent with it, but you know, I'd rather just have the trade paperback. It's just much easier that oh, way. Oh, trades are way more convenient, man. And yeah, when you do the math, you get a free issue basically nine times out of 10. Yeah. Yeah. So now my, my trade paperbacks are actually getting a little bulky now. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm trying to figure out if I should donate them to the library. Now that libraries take graphic novels, if you didn't know. What? They do? So, I did not know that. They do. You can rent graphic novels from the library. Oh, very cool. Woohoo. So yeah, that was just my thought about, you know, mint in the condition. So I guess we're all kind of mostly in the same page. We aren't the type to get, you know, overly excited about just buying one thing, keeping it mint, and then just never touching it and putting it away and hoping later that, you know, we can use that comic book guy's voice. <laughs> <laughs> Well, listen, you know, The Simpsons are, the show is nothing if not valuable for making you take a look at society. You know, it's one of those shows that serves as social commentary and Absolutely. the comic book guy, There, there's a little bit of him in me, or maybe more than I care to admit in me. And I don't know if you guys will admit to the same or not. Uh, it's just a matter of how much of him you want in you, you know, um, in a certain way, I revel in being like obsessive and geeky about things, right? But I don't want to take it to that extreme. Nobody, I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> I'm lucky in that I get to indulge in that whenever I'm watching Arrow or The Flash with my girlfriend. Because then she looks over at me and she goes, 
who is that guy? What do they do in the comic books? <laughs> and then I'm like, well, don't you know? <laughs> okay. That's funny to a point, especially when it's solicited, Chris, and that's cool. You're filling her in. But you get to a certain point, and I'm like this, I would say, with Game of Thrones, possibly at this point, where you are the just, you know, party pooper. Like, hey, did you see The Walking Dead last night? <clears throat> I see that that character is still alive this deep in the season. <laughs> and like, you're, you're pissed because it's not conforming with the comics, you know, that they're two years <laughs> behind. You can possess encyclopedic knowledge to the degree that it's annoying, <laughs> I think. Well, possessing it's one thing, but distributing it to others, uh, I guess it's all in the delivery and the timing. Game of Thrones is stupid. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's a good show. It's an enjoyable show. It's not faithful to the books. And I had to make a piece with that. Or I might as well like (laughs) wear a shirt that doesn't cover my belly and like walk around with like strong opinions on everything. I don't have a belly though. I have a six pack for the record. I mean, that's a spin. Is that where we have that obsessiveness with, with detail or canon? Is that a little spin on our own mint in the box, mentally speaking? Yeah, I would say it is because you want you want the adaptation of your favorite book to be mint, <laughs> so to speak, right? Well, you know, and thinking about that, I think some people could probably take a lesson from that if they just would let go of... 30 to 40 years of mint in the box continuity for Star Trek and just embrace J.J. Abrams movies for what they are. Yeah, I think it's a reboot. Like it, it is said to be a reboot. They they even like sort of, you know, reset the timeline through events that took place in the first, was it the first or the second movie? Uh, the one with the angry, bald Romulan. That was the very yeah, first okay. one. Yeah, they, they let you know, like, I mean, Leonard Nimoy was like, things will never be the same as they were before. So, you know, fans enjoy that and enjoy this for what it is. Uh, Now, I think there's still a legitimate complaint in that people who are into Star Trek for the exploration aspects are getting like a pew pew action shooter movie. But yeah, people who are pissed that it is deviating from previous canon I don't really think have any ground at this point, right? They, they, they forked it and this is a alternate timeline, right? Exactly. Absolutely. But yeah, the, the PP space stuff, I would actually rather an hour and a half of the movie was dedicated to sensor readings and analysis of reports. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting in the chair. Yeah. Yeah. Like just, just a bunch of exposition about how, you know, the warp signature left by that ship couldn't have been from a Borg craft. <laughs> data exploring his human side all right so i mean i like that kind of character development actually. <laughs> but you, you can't do that in a movie like you data worked in the movies because you knew data from the show but like data just presented as an i mean i guess if he was just like android learning to be human trope you know that that, that could kind of work but uh <laughs> i don't think the movies are the venue for the deep character development people want unless you want a seven hour star trek movie which there are probably people who would be all for yeah. You were reading my mind. I was just going down that, that thought of like, well, maybe that's part of the issue is you can't really do the exploration stuff except in a TV format. And a lot of people are talking about how this is the golden age of television because with the format of several hours, you can really dig into stuff and explore stuff compared to like, here it is, two hours, boom, bam, done. Especially when they're like comparing Marvel to TV to Marvel the movies. Anyway, 
Guys, Chris, I hope we did a quality treatment of your mint condition idea. I'm not going to argue with that. I participated in that. And I, sir, have satisfaction. I think that's it for me. Awesome. Well, I think we can call this show a wrap. And I will remind our listeners that there's no need to sit for 17 hours of Star Wars or 20 or whatever it is. When you could be sitting through 17 to 20 hours of the Nerd Stravaganza podcast. Available, as always, on iTunes and Stitcher. And soon enough, Google Play Music. Check us out. Pop on over to our website, nerdstravaganza.com, and check out this and all of our back episodes. Hop on your cooler scooter and ride on over to YouTube and check out all of our video content by typing Nerdstravaganza into the handy-dandy search bar. And stuff our giant Death Star-sized bucket of email with your popcorn emails at nerdstravaganza at gmail.com. And with all that said, Chris, seal up this episode. Well, if you were a true Star Wars fan, then you would really know that what the Force represents is... Mystical Midichlorians.